everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Gab has gotten back from vacation. How was it? I mean, I don't know if I actually want you to describe how wonderful and beautiful your island vacation was, but go for it. My island vacation. Uh, it was it was fan-fucking-tabulous. Um, it was all of the relaxing, rejuvenating vacation I was expecting and needed and whatnot. And uh, so I was on vacation until Saturday, flew back to Portland, went to a Timbers game on Sunday, and then flew from Portland to Anchorage, Alaska um, on Monday morning. So I've been in Anchorage all week. I'm phoning it in from Anchorage, just got off work. So uh, this is my little break in between the work day and going out to dinner with my coworkers, uh, actually to celebrate my birthday, which is tomorrow. Happy birthday! <laughs> you were so not prepared for that. Congratulations on another year of life. Yeah, 33. Oh, well. Yeah, thought you and I should probably talk about a couple things. Um, I want to start, though, with what are you drinking? I am not really one for variety in my beer at home, so I just have plain old yingling. Again. Not even yingling Oktoberfest, which is actually pretty good. I tried it last weekend. Uh, but I left it at my friend's house as a gift, so. Vintage Yingling. Yeah, since 1829. The this bottle is actually from 1829. I'm sure. Yeah. You'd probably I'm recognize sure it, it. It's only a few years from before you were born, so. <gasps> we just just we just we established that I'm turning 33, so. 133. Stop I, it. I won't tell anyone you're a vampire. Oh. Stop it. Oh. Immortal. Um. Did anything happen what this week? We... Like while you were gone, I think it was. I think soccer obliged you and like didn't let anything happen while you were gone. It's gonna be like a ten for, minute podcast. For those last three days that I've been totally offline, nothing has happened in the world of women's soccer. Nothing, nothing at all. I just get to like uh, soak in the victor victorious feeling the Timbers gave me on Sunday night. Yeah, you're... and I don't, I don't have to react to anything women's soccer. No, you're just calling. You want to talk about your birthday, your vacation, have a beer, and then hang up, and it'll be. I, I wish I were having a beer. Um, the bar downstairs at the hotel doesn't open for 17 minutes, so I'm, <laughs> I'm anxiously counting down the moments. Wow, yeah, that was all uh, a poorly executed comedy bit because all the news happened this week. It's only Wednesday, and all the news has already happened. I don't know how much more news you could... The only way you could cram more women's soccer news into this week is if you announced, like, Mia Hamm was taking over FIFA or something. Or if the expansion draft were actually happening this week. Yeah, but it's which not. I, which I think is very similar to how it happened for the Houston Dash. Like, we got the list of protected and unprotected players, like... 36 hours before the expansion draft or something like that. Yeah. Well, let's let's rewind a bit from protected and unprotected just and then go back to the beginning, which is essentially Orlando. Welcome to NWSL Orlando Pride. Head coach Tom Sermani, and then they unveiled Alex Morgan, Sarah Hagen, and Kaylin Kyle. Kaylin Kyle. She's going to be the mug of that team. Yeah. I'm telling you. And they also revealed that the Breakers were getting screwed over and Orlando was getting first pick in the college draft and they would be having an expansion draft. But then all these trades happened and as it turns out, 
Now Portland owns the rights to Orlando's first pick in the expansion draft. And what did Portland get from Boston? Oh, boy. <sighs> Let's just go through this methodically. Okay. Okay. Trade day. Um, A trade announcement day. Like, all the trades actually happened last week. Yeah, and trade announcement day. 11.30 a.m. It's announced Megan Klingenberg is going to somehow bounce between four different teams before the season ever starts. The rain, <laughs> the rain get Kling from the dash. And the reason is because... The Dash would have had to leave Klingenberg exposed in the expansion draft if they didn't send her away because they're going to protect Carly Lloyd and Morgan Bryan. So why not trade her before the draft and get something for her if the, if she's going to get taken anyway? Right. Right. So they send Kling to the rain because Laura Harvey probably woke up in the middle of the night and was like, I smell a trade. Somebody wants to get something for something. And just, you know, called up Randy Waldrum or whoever. Ryan Ching, I guess, from the Dash. And so Kling goes to Seattle. Houston Dash gets Amber Brooks and a first-round draft pick in the college draft. Then Seattle leaves Kling exposed in their expansion draft list. And Orlando's going to take her and send her to Portland, which is part of that Portland has their rights to Orlando's first pick. Yeah. All right. That's the first trade. That's only one trade. It was, that was like that was like eight a.m. Monday morning, uh, Pacific time, your time. It was like eleven yeah. thirty yeah. Eastern. Yeah, I was like going through TSA pre-check as all that shit was going. Thank down. Thank goodness that wasn't eight a.m. my time. My brain would have been able to handle that level of cognitive processing at that hour. No way. Uh, then hour later, Breakers. I'm sorry, dude. Took McCall Zerboni and Sinead Farley from the Thorns, yeah. and in exchange, gave them their first round and second round picks in the draft. Then, this is a separate, separate deal. They signed Dagny Brynjör's daughter from Iceland and sent her to Portland as well and took Portland's second and fourth round picks. Now, that sounds familiar to you. That's because the Breakers gave Portland their second round pick, right, in the zerboni Verily trade. And then yep. Portland gave that pick back to Boston in the Dagny Brynjör's daughter trade. No. It's the same we- number 20 spot. So Bo- number 20, not number two. You said number two. Oh, sorry. Second round. I meant. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, no, we still have the number one and the number two. The So the weird thing here is with Brynjör's daughter, Boston didn't just send her rights to Portland. They actually signed her. It's, a, it's being treated as a sign and trade. And usually when that happens, it's because they're going to put this player on contract and that way she has more leverage to bargain with the team she actually wants to go to, theoretically. Right. I mean, she was she was a player who skipped the college draft, right? Last season. She yep. she didn't get drafted last year, um, which would have been the year that that she she would have been in it. So that caused a lot of waves last year because essentially it it was saying, okay, I don't want to be drafted. I want to be able to pick the team I play for. But she wasn't able to play in the NBA cell the entire season because she did participate in the draft. Right. Now that season's over, Boston, I guess, had... I think it was a discovery player situation. We had a discover- yeah, yeah. Had, had the paperwork on her. And so they signed her and because she was going to go to Portland. Yeah, she originally wanted Portland, I guess, and, and this is how she's going to get there. And the Breakers clarified that in addition to, I guess, she wanted to play on the West Coast, that's where her family is, they couldn't fit her under their salary cap based on the team that they want. 
they have a team in mind and they're not willing to shift anybody around for Brynjir's daughter. Which is interesting to me because they got two players for her. I think McCall's or Boney may help solve some problems in the midfield defensively for Boston. Maybe. Although we also have Amy Barzak, so that might be some interesting competition going there. And then how would you rate Sinead Farley from this last season? I, I think she's a standout. Um, I think she's strong. She's a solid rock. She keeps her head level and and is is the player that Boston is going to need to kind of grow around. I think that's, I think you have a slightly higher opinion of her than me, but you also watched her more closely than me. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to defer to your opinion on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really bummed to to lose Farley. Um she to me was a standout, had a had a great season. She'll uh have some bad fouls every once in a while, but they're not frequent and you can't really, you know, she's not going to screw the team over or anything like that, <sighs> but um she's she's definitely a player that you can count on. I mean, players committing entertaining fouls. It's Boston. We're used to it. <clears throat> I love you, Maddie Evans. Never leave me. Stop it. <laughs> Never leave me. She's going to be the next to go. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> you just did yourself. <sighs> so third trade of the day. Pride announced Hagen, Kaylin Kyle, Alex Morgan. So with Hagen, the Pride get FCKC's second round draft pick as well. And then in exchange, FCKC gets Orlando's second round draft pick in 2017 no context it sounds like the pride got sarah hagan striker plus second round draft pick in 2016 and then fc casey got second round draft pick in 2017 but the theory is the pride are getting all this value out of fc casey in exchange for not going after heather o'reilly in the expansion draft yep so unless the thorns decided to be assholes and were like hey you know who you should pick instead of Megan Klingenberg? Heather O'Reilly. You know you know who I really want the Thorns to be assholes about? Who? Allie Krieger. Oh! Oh. Yeah, except Merritt Paulson denied very entertainingly on Twitter that they were looking at Allie Krieger. Do you believe him? No. Uh, well, I, I have drank enough from the Merritt Paulson well which sounds disgusting, but also very rich and filtered, to know that he might be bluffing. Yeah, I don't know how much I trust him, you know, telling Goff at Soccer Insider on Twitter, like, love your conviction, but you're wrong. And it's like, well, is he though, Merritt? Well, yeah. So my, like, I think looking at this from, from an outsider's perspective, you got to think DC people talk to each other, right? Uh-huh. And so you got to think that either Mark Parsons is lighting a fire somewhere just to see the world burn <laughs> or <laughs> there's some truth to it. And so I'm not 100% sold that Kling is going to be a thorn. I actually, when I when I heard that trade initially uh, last week or two weeks ago or whenever whenever rumor of this ridiculous NWSL's biggest trade ever broke, I was like, yeah, Megan Klingenberg has a lot of value. She's an asset that Mark Parsons can use to move around and maybe acquire a couple of other assets. 
I think Mark Parsons is going to completely uh, revamp the team, uh, the Portland Thorns. Mayor Paulson wrote a pretty funny letter to Thorn supporters this week uh, that was basically like, don't call it and don't call it a rebuild because we have an already strong team or something like that. And I was like, all right, uh, so you're, it's a revamp. It's a restructuring. It's a facelift. I, I don't know. What, what is this? Um, but I think Mark Parsons is going to do it. I think he's going to use Megan Klingenberg uh, as bait. I think he's going to use a lot of players um, as bait for other teams in the league. Now that he, he has some, some footing to be able to do so. Mark Parsons, I feel like, was partially hamstrung by ownership at times and the maneuvering that he could do. And we'll get back to the trade that the Thorns made with the Pride in a second, but this is a good time to look at the Spirit's protected and unprotected list. So the Spirit can protect nine players because they're a playoff team. Non-playoff teams can protect ten. And they choose to leave Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger both unprotected, even though you can protect up to two allocated players, U.S. allocated players. And the only U.S. allocated player they chose to protect was Crystal Dunn. So I Mm -hmm. think there's one of two things going on here. The first option is they're choosing to leave Allie Krieger unprotected because they firmly believe no one's going to take her. And that allows them to free up a space on their protected list for another player who is not allocated but has, you know, as much value to the spirit. The other option that I see here, looking at the protected list, I don't necessarily know that you want to keep, say, Estefania Benini on there over Allie Krieger. So putting her out there on the unprotected list is some kind of signal. I don't know what that signifies, but they're not hoping that she doesn't get taken. They're actually just leaving her unprotected, because, which is, I don't know, stupid. Yeah, so so I think the, the theory I've heard most often, um, and that I think is most believable, is Ashlyn Harris to Orlando. That's a given. She's from Satellite Beach. It'd be like playing for her home club, all this different stuff. So why would the Spirit protect Krieger and Harris if they know that Orlando is going to take Harris? Yeah. Because as soon as they pull Harris, they can protect Krieger. That's quite the game of chicken right there though it would be pretty shitty if ashlyn harris has been operating under some handshake deal for like a month now that she's going to go to the pride and be their starting keeper and then they're like well just kidding we wanted ali krieger instead i don't think tom sermani operates that way i i don't think he does and i don't think that that i don't think that the expansion draft is the only way that harris would go to orlando that is true there are other ways to get Harris to Orlando, especially because aren't didn't they throw the allocation rules out the window? Yeah, you don't have to trade allocated for allocated anymore. It's been that exactly. way for like two years Ex- now. Yeah, exactly. So, so we're in a situation where Harris and the Spirit may be operating under the assumption that she is going to Orlando, and the Spirit made the mistake of leaving Krieger out there. Now, if I'm Mark Parsons and I'm looking at the unprotected list, am I really going to pick a Klingenberg over a Krieger? You're going into a World Cup year. You, you have to take that into account. How many, after this World Cup, Allie Krieger will be, what, 31? 32 almost? 32, something like that. Yeah. You know, whereas 
whereas Klingenberg might, uh, God, I wish I had stats in front of me. She might be like 27 or 28. So it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, how much, how much value are you really going to get out of these, out of, out of a player beyond the world cup? And, you know, God, I just, I saw Krieger's name on the unprotected list and I was just, I, I went gaga for just a split second. So I was like, there probably are a billion handshakes behind be behind all of this and the expansion draft is going to go in like two minutes because everybody's going to know exactly who is getting picked right away right but there's a chance that parsons could do something and and shit could hit the fan and i am definitely clearing my schedule for november 2nd we should all clear our schedules for that day because it might get wild it could absolutely get wild. Well, here's the thing. If Orlando's already made a ton of deals, and they've probably got a couple more handshake deals waiting, uh, Ashton Harris, the most prominent among them, how much do they really have left to bargain with? Like, how they... much more ammo do they have to make deals? What can they give away? Not necessarily give away, but, like, what sort of drive does Tom Sermani have? to keep the deals that he made two weeks ago on the table like can those shift maybe but he does seem very much like a a man of his word oh i completely agree and i'm not saying to not do the deals i'm just saying how and three weeks ago nobody was calling tom sermani now everybody's probably calling him uh, at every little idea that they have like ooh, if you if we do this thing if we do this thing, can we also squeeze a little bit of that in? Let's backtrack a little bit for a second and look at the final trade of the day, which was Kaylin Kyle, Alex Morgan from the Thorns go to Orlando, and then Portland gets the rights to their first expansion draft pick, and they get the number one pick in the college draft, and they get an international roster spot that's, that extends over two years, an extra spot. So I think as it stands now, Portland has both the number one and the number two pick in the college draft. Mm-hmm. And, and we get Orlando's number one expansion pick. Yep. So I wrote an article about this earlier, but looking at all the trades of the day, it looks like Portland won. If you were to put a pin in it, and if you were to say, okay, that was a sprint, Portland won. But I've gone down that, that path before, and I'm not going to say Portland's a winner until we get to the beginning of the season. Okay, that's fair. But in that college draft, it's not necessarily the deepest class this season, as many people have noted. So going as much as you can in the first round is going to be important. And with number one and number two, either they can just pick the cream of the crop or they have some serious leverage, you know, come draft day to force who knows what kind of trade. I'm telling you, man, Allie Krieger to the thorns. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Gab is predicting on the eve of her 33rd birthday that Allie Krieger will go to the Thorns for 2016. Either that or Becky Sabrin. <laughs> but I, I can't quite figure out how the Becky trade happens. Because Vla- I'm pretty sure Kansas City is going to like sit on her forever. No. Vlako Andonovsky has Becky Sabrin inside of like an underground military-grade bunker. Basically, like I, I, I don't think there's any way to get to Becky, but I, I feel like Krieger is accessible. 
No. I mean, let's look at FC Casey's protected and unprotected list for defenders that actually might leave. So they protected A-Rod and Sauerbrunn because right. they made probably a handshake deal like, don't touch Heo, and then we'll let all this other shit go. Right. But they left unprotected Leanne Brown, originally Leanne Robinson. Jen Buskowski. Jen Buskowski. Buskowski. Amy LaPelbit. Those are three very tempting options. Dude, I would, I would take LaPie. The thing is, though, with Amy LaPelbit, is she a package deal with Liz Bogus? Why would you say such a thing? They tend to go to the same teams together. I'm just oh. noting. With my, oh, we're, 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 we're making note of this now. With my observational skills. Oh, okay. Using my special eyeballs. <laughs> Your see. special eyeballs. You see a lot of rainbows with those eyeballs, huh? I look at people's Instagrams with those eyeballs is what I do. <laughs> uh, they have a dog together. It's a really cute dog. It's It's a dog together. I'm not super fond of curly-haired dogs, though. Like I'm not either. I'm I am not either. But I get they're hypoallergenic or mm-hmm. something. If there's like a poodle in the mix somewhere, so I, I get it. I'm just not a fan. Yeah. So out of those, out of those names we listed, I think realistically, then it becomes either Leanne Brown or Jen Buskowski if Tom wants to look at either one of them. Look at the tools he already has on his team. He's got Ashlyn Harris, Kaylin Kyle, Alex Morgan, Sarah Hagen. I like that you already put Harris on his team, yeah. even though we just spent 10 minutes talking about how she could potentially not be on his team. That's his spine, essentially, or part of it. He's got to fill in some bits there, because Kaylin Kyle's not necessarily a DM. She's usually, right. I think, I personally feel she's better as an attacking mid, but, you know, Tom's been coaching in Canada. Who knows what kind of wild notions he's gotten up there. But yeah. Jen Buskowski, one of the best in the league, Leanne Robinson, she's pretty good out there on the wing. Those are two potent options to take from FC Casey, and I think he's going to pick one of them. If he doesn't up and go, you know, F your deal and takes Heather O'Reilly somehow. Right? Oh my god, could you imagine? Could you imagine if these deals weren't actually Tom's deals, but they were like front office deals, and he's like, fuck that shit. Yeah. I have been the puppet for other people long enough. I'm running this thing. It's like... Yeah, he's probably like, yes, you're technically the GM and I'm the coach, but let me tell you how this is going to go down in his Scottish accent. As he's eating gummy bears. (laughs) I mean, let's now we can go through the rest of the teams. We'll go alphabetically. Boston, no, he's not going to take anyone from Boston. He, anyone from that list, most likely to go is probably either Barzuk or Maddie Evans. And I don't think he's going to take think I think he's got Maddie Evans high on his post-it board. this to me why are you like you this? you wanted to start with boston so we could just get it over with so i don't think boston's really in contention we just skip ahead to the chicago red stars right sure okay they don't have i find any... it really interesting that they left Brittany bach unprotected when they just signed her from a waiver from the waiver from the pool. waiver wire yeah i mean they could be pretty confident that she's not going to get taken but they could also be like, you know what? She could be a nice to have, but if Tom snatches her up, we weren't necessarily going to build our strategy around her and it's still early in the season. So, and we've got other people who are more important to the core of our team for next season. So we're just going to put her on the unprotected list. What can you do? It's limited slots. Nothing. nothing. I mean, you, who do you, you can do nothing? Who do you exchange Brittany Bach for on the protected list? Cause they protected. I Col- don't, 
Colaprico, DiBernardo, Aaron Gilliland, Jen Hoy, Huerta, Sam Johnson, Julie Johnston, Alyssa Motts, and Kristen Press. Out of all Julie those... Johnson. Yeah. Get Julie Johnson definitely. out there. Definitely. So out of all those players, maybe you switch her with Alyssa Motts. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Sam Johnson. You know, I'm making a very Robert De Niro skeptical face right now. Yeah. Yeah. So out of that list, though, for Chicago, the unprotected list, I don't really see Tom looking at anyone but Adriana Leone. Maybe Taryn Hemmings or Abby Erseg. If we look at his Canadian considerations, Red Stars have Adriana Leone, Rachel Kwan, Melissa Tancredi. Kwan is kind of fringe. Like, not kind of. She is fringe for Canada at this point. After all that rigmarole they went through to get her her FIFA papership for Canada. Melissa Tancredi, she's on the verge of retirement, I think. The only viable one out of those is Adriana Leone. And if he's going to take a young striker from Canada, I think he'd take Jonelle Foligno instead from Sky Blue uh-huh. FC. So. And then there's a the Houston Dash. Do you see him taking anybody from the Dash's unprotected list? Um, no. He's not going to take McLeod or Cecilman. I mean, that is interesting. That he's not going to take either one of them? That, he, I mean, so let's back up and let's play out that Harris might not go to Orlando a bit. Because okay. they, might, they might take Krieger. Okay. So now suddenly McLeod is available. Uh-huh. Do, you, do you snatch her? Yes. Out of all I the so. goalkeepers left unprotected, I think Aaron McLeod's your best option. Although... Tom may want someone younger because he's building something. And Aaron McLeod yeah. maybe has, well, you know what? I think she has a good two or three years of club left in her. Well, and goalkeepers get better with time. Huh. They do. Aaron McLeod's 32, so she's done her getting better. I think if she has any peaking left to do, she's done it. Maybe a little bit left. But on the club level, I think she'll be fine for the next two, three years. Maybe. Maybe if Tom decides to be devious. If Tom decides to be a dick. He's got a lot of secrets. That's why his mustache is so big. Right. It's actually not that big. It isn't, is it? No, it's a very pared down spare mustache. Um. Okay, we talked about Kansas City. Uh-huh. So we don't need to go into that again. Portland Thorns FC. Hasn't he taken enough from Portland? <laughs> well, we also only have five players on the unprotected list. Yep. And, uh, um, and it cracks me up that we've got Sanderson and Shim on that list. Yeah, and but it was confirmed earlier, or as confirmed as you can get, that they're not going to take Shim. Well, yeah, but I mean, we've already talked about what confirmed means. Yeah, but based on Scuttlebutt, out of that unprotected list of five-hole players, <laughs> I think think sanderson's most likely to go if he wants her at all i i agree um i would love for him to take uh polkinghorn i think he needs a back line yeah he can he can have her the thing though with internationals that's so dicey though is next year's an olympic year he may not want to start off with you know a bunch of australians americans and canadians in the mix and then they're all gone in the middle of summer again he might like have learned something about how to manage a team during a international tournament year. Yeah, and because Crazy. Uh, Team Great Britain is not showing up again at the Olympics, I think that means Leanne Sanderson is available the whole time. Is that mm-hmm. that's how it works? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that is how it works and that's why i was quasi excited to get her last year and she just never she never gelled and i wasn't sure if it was just like she didn't have the best chemistry with the squad um or whatnot but maybe one of those chemistry factors isn't a factor anymore and she could potentially do really well for portland i don't know because paul riley coached her before and they didn't seem to have any problems you would think that of all the players that he was dealing with on that team sanderson wouldn't have been an issue but i'm not i'm not saying a coaching issue okay I'm just saying there might have been a chemistry issue. Okay. Well, on Sky Blue FC, we already mentioned Jonel Foligno's possibility off of their unprotected list. I think other possibilities could be, I don't know, if they're taking Ashland, they're going to want a backup keeper who's going to be strong during the Olympics. So I don't know about Aubrey Bledsoe. No. I and think uh, Maya Hayes. Maya Hayes, maybe. She's she's young. Uh, I, think, I think she could... I, I don't think she was really managed uh, excellent uh, by Sky Blue. So, you know, um, I could see Tom seeing her, seeing some some opportunity in her. I wonder maybe Lytle. And then I wonder if he would be willing to risk it with Monica Ocampo from Mexico, willing to risk that the United States and Canada will qualify for the Olympics, mm-hmm. but not Mexico. And then, and also willing to risk that the Mexican Football Federation is still going to be on board with NWSL. And be paying that salary. So, yeah. I th- I'd say out of that list, Jonelle Foligno is probably the most likely. She yeah. hasn't super produced for Sky Blue FC. She hasn't super produced for Canada either. But you know what? In NWSL under the right coach, who knows? Right? Tom has this like odd way of motivating players. By like listening to them and believing them in shit. Yeah, and like letting them think that they can do things and then that brings us to seattle rain laura harvey probably has something going on klingenberg is already involved in some kind of deal yeah on the rain's unprotected list but out of the other unprotected players maybe ellie reed maybe maybe um ellie reed i would also say uh comp meyer um if we're talking about keepers still yeah she proved that she's got some uh, pretty good hops while Hope Solo was gone. And she's a really strong number two and yeah. potentially working her way to number one. Yeah, I think I think it ultimately just has to do with uh, we're going to get a real good sense of what Tom prioritizes and, and honestly what he thinks he can get out of the college draft after Monday. Oh, yeah, definitely, because he, he can pick up to 10 players. He doesn't have to mm-hmm. pick 10, but we'll see. I think he's going to be wanting to fill in a lot of that spine that we were talking about. So his center backs, his defensive mids, that and uh, his his number two keeper, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. From the spirit, yeah, we talked about Ashlyn and Allie. But what about Haley Razzo? She's got that Australian hmm. connection going on. Yeah, but then you come back to the, the whole... Um... Olympics thing? It's an Olympic year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What about Whitney Church? She was okay I with think, the spirit. I think Whit- I think Whitney Church uh, would would be on the chopping block. How did the spirit have so many fucking players? <laughs> I don't know. Ask Mark Parsons when you see him because he's in Portland now. Nine on their protected list uh-huh. because they were in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They have sixteen players on their unprotected list. That means they have twenty five players. Yeah. How the fuck do they have twenty five players? I don't know. 
they're just making up names at this point. <laughs> they're just like opening up a phone book and being like oh we're gonna trick we're gonna trick tom like did players come with jim to dc kabara no did he come with like a suitcase full of players a binder full of women <laughs> no he didn't he didn't jesus how the fuck did that happen I'm sure we could trace it back if we really concentrated hard enough. But do you... I, I don't need to. No. But I'm just shocked that the Portland Thorns have 15 players and the Washington Spirit have 25. Mm. Well. Oh, Schmidt. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Well, that brings us to the last team, the Western New York Flash. Looking at this list, <sighs> there's some... Like, Michelle Heyman is the first name that jumps out, but... You got that Australia problem, but it might be worth it to him to bring Heyman on board and then yeah, have maybe. her working with Alex Morgan and Sarah Hagen. Um, the other names I see on that list that I like are uh, Sabrina D'Angelo, who would go from being starting to a backup keeper. But you know what? The Western New York Flash was unique because she was a rookie last season and she became their starting keeper. Yep. It's a little bit unheard of, but she's good. She's Canadian. Um, Tom probably knows her and has some good scouting reports on her. I think she's got a long future ahead of her. And then another name I see might be Jamia Fields. Okay. Jamia Fields was originally a Boston Breakers college pick, actually. Um, but they only had, they had that weird situation where they had like five draft picks, but only one slot available for signing a player. So she got mm-hmm. sent over to the Flash. And she's done okay for them. Might need a little more development. But you know who's good at developing young players? Sham Shermani. Yeah. The only thing is she's a forward and he might feel like he's he's pretty good there. Along yeah, with whoever he might he's gonna be draft. Set. Yeah, and if you have to choose between Jamia Fields and Michelle Heyman, like Jamia Fields there all season or Michelle Heyman there part of the season. Right. He might go with Heyman. Yeah, I, I, I don't really see him picking anybody from New York Flash. Yeah. Um, the only the only reasons, uh, the, the names I see coming coming to, to the top of the list is if he does get Harris as his number one, uh-huh. Chantel Jones as his number two. Oh. Bring back that chemistry. Yeah. Um, if he does get Leanne Sanderson, pick up Ashley Nick. You really um, think that he would make that kind of concession for... I, I don't know if it's a concession or if it's a, I mean, Orlando has already shown that they're willing to, to keep the family together. Yeah, maybe. I mean, she's, she adds value to a team. Ashley yeah. Nick. She's not a bench warmer. She's not a player that, you know, you don't ever play. Um, and I think she, she has a lot of worth, I guess. I'm, I'm doing a really good job of selling her, aren't I? <laughs> I guess that's fair. I mean, Elizabeth Eddy had a decent time near the end of the season, and I think she's in Japan at the moment having a, a an even better time. Mm-hmm. So that's also a name. I mean, Tom also has ties to Japan and probably keeps half an eye on the league there. Do you, do you think Tom is going to take all 10? In addition to the three slash four he already has? I don't think Tom's going to take 10. Because if he takes all 10, right, that means 14 which leaves six to fill in from internationals, college draft, and trades. Correct. I see him taking most of that 10, but I think you're right. He may not take all 10. I can see him taking eight and picking up his two goalkeepers, uh, a back line of four, 
um, maybe five for for the defense, and then making up the rest like two or three uh, in the midfield. I I don't see him picking up a lot of these players, um, mainly because it's a long off season. Yeah. He's probably not in any hurry. The only advantage to picking up 10 players here is suddenly now you have 10 additional cards to play with. That was my thinking too. Before the draft, all he has as leverage basically is a promise not to take certain players or to like, I'll take this player and send them to you in exchange for your player. That's, but once he has the players, suddenly it becomes a lot more concrete what he can can and can't do. Yeah, so I think what we saw with Houston was a very different expansion draft uh, scenario where there was a team who came together really at the last minute, right? And the draft had to happen because, oh my God, we're going to do the college draft next week, so we really need to understand like who who do you have, who's going to be going here and there and everywhere. And this Orlando thing is happening with time to spare, which is really odd and comforting. It is comforting the way this has all gone down, like with the appropriate amount of lead time and fanfare and all that stuff. And not just a, oh my God, we're going to add another team. Oh my God. Nine, nine teams, guys. Okay. Woo. Right. This feels like a rush. Oh my God. I'm going to be like mad about it. That's our preview of Expansion Draft. Tune in November 2nd to see how wrong we got it. Right? We're going to get it all so wrong. So wrong. What did we want to talk about besides this? Orlando Draft? Protected, unprotected. I think I feel like there was one more big piece of news that broke yesterday. Something about POTUS. Um, oh, you God. sure you don't mean Lotus? What? Like flowers? Flotus. Could... Flotus. Oh, Flotus started a campaign, right? Uh-huh. Flotus, something about make room for the youth or something like that. What was it called? Better Make Room. Better Make Room is like an actual campaign that she launched and Abby and Morgan posed with a poster. Oh, and Carly Lloyd posed with a poster of it yesterday. And I found it fucking hilarious. It is hilarious. Better Make Room. And Abby is in the photo. Make room for the kids. Think of the children. Yeah, the women's national team went to the White House yesterday so President Barack Obama could congratulate them on representing America in the World Cup. And winning the World Cup. Winning the whole shebangabang. Right? Like, And he called them badasses. Yeah. Language. I love it. I love, I love it. it. I, I wasn't able to watch it, so I was trying to watch things last night about it. Mm-hmm. But love it. And uh, and then shortly thereafter, we got another breaking news bulletin out of Wosa World. Eh, it was just, you know, who cares? Abby Wambach's retiring. If you haven't heard. At long last, she has ended our misery in asking, will she? Won't she? Is it going to be this year? Is it going to be after the Olympics? She's finally... Ended the mystery and said, yes, I am retiring at the end of 2015 after the victory tour. Her last game is going to be in December at the Superdome in New Orleans against China. So Decision day 2015. Over and done with. Oh, God. But we will talk more about that at a later date uh, when we have time to actually put our thoughts together. And we're... Because it is 
It's a big deal. It is a big deal because Abby Wambach has been huge for women's soccer. Not only U.S. soccer, not only leagues in this country, but just in general, women in sport. She has been a huge contributor to that. And I think a lot of people um, would agree that you and I both aren't high, have high, like... um, I am not like a... I don't have blind faith in Abby Wambach. I used to really idolize her when I was a lot younger. And then as I grew up and more things happened, I have, let's say, a more nuanced picture of her now. I I appreciate everything Abby has done in her career. But I also understand that her job and her role um, never really shifted. It has always been the same. And she... She never gave herself an opportunity to kind of fade out. Um, and when she's not there, it's it's a situation that's like, it's very obvious. So I, I completely appreciate all of the accomplishments she's had. And we're going to spend a bit more time kind of pulling our, our thoughts and our emotions together and, and talk about it at a later date. Yeah, we'll have a whole other podcast for you on Abby Wombach's retirement and what that means for the program and what we think she might do in the future, so on and so on. But for now, I think it's enough to say she had a real hell of a career. She made some human errors along the way. But in the end, you know, she's leaving behind a pretty tangible legacy in place for for future generations. So there's a lot to talk about when you talk about the whole symbol that is Abby Wambach. And we have no desire to get that deep today. No, you have because been... I I gotta go. I gotta go to my birthday dinner. Oh, <laughs> I gotta live it up while I can. You're gonna live forever because you're a vampire. You're immortal. Maybe you're not really Stop a vampire, it. but you are immortal. I caught pictures you're... of you from like the Civil War. You're the worst. I did those Google image searches, like a reverse image search for you, and I have pictures of you like in those tents, nursing soldiers. Nursing soldiers. <laughs> I'm That's sorry, horrible. dressed up as a soldier and you're like stuffing a cannon at Antietam. That's horrible. Well, have I don't fun know why. You... I don't I don't know why I talk to you on a weekly basis. Have fun at your birthday, my dearest yeah. Gab. Well, Life is tomorrow's so... my birthday. Tonight we're just celebrating because tomorrow night I'm going to be watching the Timbas in the playoffs. Oh, do you say Timbas because it's like your old timey accent? Like, my dearest, the front is so lonely without you. I think only of you day and night. Is that what's going on? No. Yeah? Okay. Well, thanks for calling all the way from Alaska. Um, We'll see you guys next time during our Abby Wambach extravaganza.